King features comic strip characters join forces to save the Earth. Then we take a look at the last volume of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, and the first volume of the mid-2000s Miss Marvel series with Carol Danvers. Straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. All right, well, we lead off with a look at King's Watch. Now, uh, King's Watch came after Jeff Parker's really good run on Flash Gordon. Uh, he did a good Flash Gordon solo series, uh, I read it as it came out. It was just a lot of fun. Really captured the fun and got me interested in Flash Gordon as a character. And uh, this series really starts off as a bit of a reboot. The entire history and continuity these characters had from the Flash Gordon comics isn't really in place here so that they can start on building this uh, extended King's uh, fe- feature uh, uh, world. And so you have uh, you have a group that includes Flash Gordon and uh, Dale Arden, uh, who's a science reporter, and Zarkov, who's written as the... Uh, uh, as the as the drunk who's somewhat uh, functional, and then you have the Phantom and Mandrake the mag- uh, the magician, and also Lothar. The plot is that Ming the Merciless is planning an invasion of Earth to another dimension, and he has this supervillain Cobra acting as his. Uh, lackey on earth i think the plot is is really well done it's got a very good sense of this sort of invasion uh event comic uh with uh you know enough peril as well as enough positive turns to really keep you interested and invested in the story um i think that there's some good characterization uh, but it can be a bit spotty. A lot of the characters are very uh, one-dimensional, you know, Zarkov and being uh, drunk. And the Phantom is not really well-defined in this one, though I think there's some reason for that. Uh, this series does have a resolution, uh, but it, it does set the stage for future... Uh, King's, uh, feature, uh, series. And I think the whole, you know, hope of, uh, Dynamite in publishing this series was that you would read this, uh, event and then you would go and pick up all of their, um, uh, miniseries for Flash Gordon and Mandrake and the Phantom. Now, and the red there, uh, Flash Gordon one, which was not written by Jeff Parker, and it wasn't bad, but 
Uh, I think I've read mixed reviews about the other series. This one, though, I think can be read on its own and be enjoyed for just being this great uh, invasion story. And also, if you're a fan of the 1980s uh, series Defenders of the Earth, you get to see some uh, familiar characters in that regards. So this is a, a really good event comic uh, the more you're into these King's uh, feature strips, the more you're going to get out of it. But even not knowing uh, much uh, about them other than what I knew of Flash Gordon, I still found it an enjoyable read. I'll give this one a rating of somewhat classy. Uh, then we get to Batgirl and the Birds of Prey and Full Circle. Uh, which is a nine-issue uh, collection uh, because the series was brought to an end. And so you get a bit of an oversized book just to go ahead and fit all of the issues into a single volume. Uh, the story opened with a one-issue story, Gotham City Limits. And Barbara decides to hang out around Gotham while... Uh, Helena, I, aka the Huntress, uh, takes her class as she's become a school teacher, uh, along with, uh, Donna Lance, aka, uh, Black Canary. Barbara hangs around Gotham, and in the course of this, uh, she does some, uh, work as Oracle, and uh, manages to use her computer skills to provide some assistance to save Batman and all of his Gotham Knights, while also having a team-up with Poison Ivy and Catwoman. And uh, while Donna and Helena go off to take a group of kids camping 30 miles outside of town, and they fight the spirit of an evil 17th century witch doctor. Um, I thought the story... It wasn't really bad, but it was a bit over the top and really busy. There was so much going on, particularly for one issue, and there wasn't really a connecting point for all of it. Uh, so I didn't much care for the start. Uh, the second story, uh, Manslaughter, was a lot better. Uh, a virus is unleashed on Gotham City that affects only men. And so this has taken out uh, Batman, and it's also taken out Nightwing, uh, any male superhero. And uh, Lois Lane was in uh, Gotham City covering a story and told uh, Superman not to come because it was possible he might get exposed. And so it's up to uh, female uh, superheroines. Uh, and eventually, you know, even some supervillains. Harley Quinn joins because uh, this virus has you know, even the Joker sick. And of course, is, as is the case with most stories in this book, Poison Ivy and Catwoman make appearances. But they get other characters to show up. You have Batwoman, you ha uh, then there's Orphan, and you even get Spoiler to show up. And Wonder Woman just makes a heck of an interest, entrance in this one. So there's a lot to like about it. In some ways, it calls to mind the Justice League uh, animated series episode Fury, though I think in many ways this one was a little bit better than Fury. 
Um, I, I think that there's a really good job with the team up and getting to get enough of the characters in to have a good sense of their voice. And there's, and it really does have this epic feel, uh, the way that it does just build one character at a time and gives you a few moments to appreciate the awesomeness and strength of the characters who are being added to the team up. The story has a good positive message that uh, comes out and it doesn't go too over the top in how much it preaches it. So this was, I think, a really good case of them dealing with uh, man flu, but uh, more severe than typical man flu. Uh, then we get another uh, one-parter. This one was eco-deadly. And in this one, uh, Helena is called up by Tiger, who's head of Spiral, the agency that she and Dick Grayson both worked for, uh, and is asked for their help because a big corporate honcho uh, and evil uh, financier uh, is... Uh, is uh, reportedly an arms dealer, and he's also interested in an invention that will allow him to control the weather. And he ends up kidnapping the inventor of said device. And this leads to a really fun caper. The entire story is set in the city of Paris. And so you just get a really good, fast-paced superhero story as they uh, try to take down the bad guy. It's not particularly great, but it was pretty fun. Uh, Then we get the titular arc, the four-part full circle. And uh, essentially, as we talked about in the previous Batgirl and the Birds of Prey episode, uh, they had helped out a calculator. Uh, who was revealed in the previous story, even though he was an arch-rival of Batgirl, he had a family, he had a business, and he'd also helped out Gus. Uh, Gus was a character who was actually introduced in their first book, Who is Oracle? And he was actually working with Calculator, though not betraying the bird of prey. While the previous story arc reminded us that Calculator as a character had humanity, this second arc reminds us that despite his humanity, he's still a villain because he's decided that he needs to track down Oracle once and for all, and he sends a robot out to assist. The robot interrogates Gus and kills Gus, who won't provide the information. And there is definitely a ruthless battle by Calculator to get this information. And he starts to get close when he takes Helena's uh, mother out of prison. And in this particular version of the the, uh, story, in the first uh, story arc, it was revealed that it was actually Helena's mother uh, who caused the death of her family, that her mother had cheated on her dad and had actually been in cahoots with the gunman who uh, killed her dad. And that was revealed in the first book. But also in the first book, Helena had revealed her identity as Huntress to her mom. And when Calculator kidnaps 
uh, Helena's mom because of her uh, mob connections, he quickly learns the truth about Helena's identity, which is information he hopes to use to be able to bring Oracle out of the woodwork. I really love this story. Uh, This is another one of those uh, story arcs that uh, it pays off the long-term reader by tying up the loose ends. And not only that, really taking your characters on a journey that shows how much they've grown. And there's a lot of redemption in the story and the need for forgiveness, uh, particularly as the team struggles with some of the secrets that members have been keeping from each other. It's just a great story arc and a very good way to close out the uh, series. I really did enjoy this series. I know that it had mixed reviews, but uh, to me, it managed to tell a series of comics with lockable leads, fun stories, and also just managed to tie things up really well at the end. Overall, I will give Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Volume 3 Full Circle a rating of classy. Now we turn to something I've been wanting to do for a while, and I think it's time to go ahead and start. If you saw Avengers Infinity War, and I think I've waited long enough, so this should not be a major spoiler, uh, but if you've seen that, at the end of the post credit scene, there's a call made for Captain Marvel, and we get to see her symbol. Captain Marvel, in this case, being Carol Danvers. And before that happens, Captain Marvel will get her own major movie released on March the 8th. While Carol Danvers has been part of the Marvel Universe for 50 years, and has been a hero in the uh, universe on and off for more than 40, as we took a look at her first adventures in The Essential Miss Marvel Volume 1 a few months ago, She really was not a big deal in the Marvel Universe until a few years ago. She spent time with the Avengers, and she also took on a couple of different uh, aliases. She was binary for a time, and also Warbird. The first story I read about Carol Danvers was from the Live, Cree, or Die crossover event which ended with her being expelled from the Avengers due to alcoholism and just being out of control. She would get help for her alcoholism with uh, Tony Stark actually being her sponsor for Alcoholics Anonymous and would continue to appear off and on in Marvel Comics as a supporting character. However, I think her place in the Marvel Universe really started to improve when she got a second series resuming her classic identity as Miss Marvel in a series that would actually go on for twice as long as the series that ran in the 1970s. And after the run on Miss Marvel, she would become the new Captain Marvel. So, until the movie is released, we're going to take a look at several uh, volumes from that series, starting with Volume 1, 
best of the best. And uh, this one, it begins with a battle with Stiltman. And, of course, she is able to defeat Stiltman. Stiltman's kind of like the Kite Man of the Marvel Universe. Um, and she goes and she's recounting the story to Jessica Drew, who's a friend of hers and is also a Spider-Woman, though now they're in costume as she explains this. And uh, she, she, in telling the story, pretends that Stiltman's like, wow, you know, I was defeated by Miss Marvel. And uh, she, you know, and Jessica's like, did he really say that? And the truth is that uh, Stiltman had no idea who she was. And that led to a bit of a violent reaction from Carol. And she is uh, going to be meeting with a publicist who is trying to reform her image and to uh, get her more established as a hero. And she has feelings about why she's doing this. Uh, she says, I can do no uh, more. I know I can. I can be the person other people strive to be i can be better than good i can be the best and there's this sense uh, that she has that she has really just not been uh serious not been folk not uh been as good as she could be and that she really wants to strive to do better to emerge as a first-class hero. And I can really get behind that, that feeling of, yeah, I've not uh, lived up to my potential. I think that's the sort of thing that a lot of people can relate to. And so it works as a setup for the story. And uh, after this, uh, she flies out to where there's been a crashed alien uh, spaceship. And uh, it turns out that the brood have crashed on Earth, and they're fleeing an alien creature known as the crew. And she's eventually able to capture one of the crew and finds that the brood tricked it uh, into hunting down uh, Cavarite crystals, which if the crew try to consume, because they consume uh, energy, they try and uh, consume this particular crystal, it will blow this uh, alien creature, the crew, up. But it'll take half the Earth with them uh, if they try to channel their energy. Uh, so she goes after the uh, crew to try and stop them, try and limit the damage, and it's a pretty epic... Uh, battle as uh, and she takes a huge hit in the course of this as well as a small town in Georgia getting wiped out but not the entire planet and uh, the Fantastic Four actually come down to investigate to find what happened and she ends up being uh, found by the Fantastic Four and taken uh, for uh, uh, medical care at the hospital and she finally gets out of the hospital and she finds that this uh, TV series that uh, the publicist uh, had got to uh, film her and to do a profile on her called Superpowers is set up in her home. And so she starts to do the interview, but then the character Warren, Sir Warren Traveler arrives 
who is this sorcerer from an event known as the House of M, which from what I read was actually a pretty interesting event. Sir Warren has these magic powers, and really Carol Danvers can't handle this on her own, but that's a good thing for her as Doctor Strange shows up. And the final two issues of this uh, book are her and Doctor Strange dealing with this uh, Sir Warren Traveler. And I think the story is okay, but I, I do have a problem this early in the series having a crossover, particularly when it's a crossover with uh, Doctor Strange. Because if you're not a mystically powered uh, superhero and you're dealing with uh, something that requires Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange really uh, comes to the forefront. And also that it's a follow-up to another event, I do think this is a problem with Marvel Comics in general, is that so many of their characters uh, just get drawn into all of these big events, and it sidetracks them from their own stories. And it happens all the time. As the next volume of Miss Marvel takes place in the events of Civil War. Still, I really loved the first story, and I thought that first three-issue arc did a great job of setting up the Miss Marvel series and gave us reason to care about her and hope that she succeeds in her goal. So overall, I'll give this book a rating of somewhat classy. The stories are, for the most part, pretty good, despite getting bogged down in a bit of crossover leftovers. And I invested in the character in her journey, and so we'll see how things go from here. So to recap, uh, King's Watch gets a rating of somewhat classy. It's a fun adventure bringing together the great King's feature uh, characters, though it sets up some later events that aren't near as fun. I think that uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Volume 3 Full Circle, that gets a rating of Lassie. It uh, really did manage to tie up the series nicely with some fun adventures that gave our characters a, a chance to grow. And finally, we give Miss Marvel Volume 1 Best of the Best a rating of somewhat classy. Uh, as we really get a sense of what Carol Danvers' goals are and get a couple pretty good adventures. All right, that's all for now. If you do have a comment, email to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy and be sure and rate and review the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.